Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know the show where I virtually invite people into the Blog Cabin to chat about life. And today we're chatting all about recipes. And we're chatting about, I think, the most loved Halloween movie of all time, Hocus Pocus. And with me is Bridget. Bridget wrote the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook. Now, Bridget, before we get into about your cookbook, let's talk about who you are and (laughs) Then we'll get into your cookbooks. So tell us a little about who Bridget is. Sure. Uh, so I'm Bridget Thorson. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I am the director of marketing and operations for an independent book publisher, Ulysses Press, uh, which happens to be the publisher of my book. Um, and I have another book that I published last year with them called XOXO, a cocktail book, which for fans of Gossip Girl, that might sound familiar. Um, it's a unofficial Gossip Girl cocktail book. So um, you can probably tell my interests are really in the eating and drinking and pop culture space. <laughs> so um, I do a lot there. And uh, yeah, outside of writing, um, I'm a big traveler. Well, I was before COVID struck. Um, and yeah, I'm. That's uh, me in a nutshell. So what made you decide to do this cookbook about the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook? Because I think everybody loves Hocus Pocus. <laughs> everybody, I think it's been, it's been a long, such a long time. What I think what, what in the press release, it was like 20 years ago that it came out. Almost 30. It oh, was wow. 1993. I know. <laughs> yeah. Almost 30 years ago. Um, And it's funny when it first came out, when the movie first hit, um, it did not go over really well. You know, critics did not have nice things to say about it. It didn't, you know, immediately strike. Um, But over the years, over the decades, it has really uh, kind of gathered this intense fandom. Um, Just millions of people uh, love the film and, millions of people love the film passionately. Um, and I am one of those people. So I was I was young when the movie came out, um, but old enough to see it. So <laughs> I won't tell you exactly what age I was, but <laughs> um, so I watched it, you know, every year as a kid around Halloween, it would come on the Disney Channel or, um, you know, back when Freeform, I think was ABC Family, they always did a Hocus Pocus event. Um, You know, so I watched it every year and then I went away to college and I couldn't afford cable. So I stopped watching it for a few years. And then when I came back to it, you know, as a working professional with a working television, um, I realized how much there was, you know, this is a Disney movie. Um, It was on the Disney channel. It was, you know, for kids. But I realized how much there was for adults as well. Um, And I just fell in love with it all over again, you know, with all of the jokes that went over my head the first, you know, when I was a kid and, you know, all of the little dialogue that's too quick to catch, you know, when you're younger. Um, And so, yeah, I just fell in love with it all over again. And then 
when I found out that after many years of rumors, they were finally confirming a sequel, uh, which is coming out on Disney Plus next year, I knew I had to do something to, to celebrate it. So the sequel, I've not heard that. Who's in the yeah. sequel? Are the are the same characters in the sequel? Are the same people playing in it? Yeah, so I don't think all of the characters are, but um, you know, Bette Midler is reprising her role as Winifred. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy are all attached. I'm not sure about you know Thora Birch. Um, and Omri Katz, they played Danny and Max. Uh, so I'm not sure if every character will be there, but the three Sanderson sisters are coming back. Um, and yes, that has been announced uh, to release on Disney Plus next fall. Uh, so I don't know what the story will be. I don't know how they're going to bring the witches back, uh, what magic they're going to do, but I'm really looking forward to finding out. That is so cool. I can't help but think every time I think of Hocus Pocus, I think of the guy who plays, I cannot think of his name now, but he plays Timothy McGee on NCIS. He played, that's the only time I think yeah. of him now. <laughs> I go back and watch that movie and I think, oh my gosh, that's him. That was like yeah. his very first role, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he played the um, human form of Thackeray Banks. Mm -hmm. I do not believe he voiced the cat version of Thackeray Banks. That was um, his name is escaping me right now, but he was a he was a pretty big actor um, in '90s like family sitcoms. Like he was on Step by Step. He played like the friend a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so two different actors on Thackeray Banks, but yes, now McGee. Yeah, McGee. That's who it is, McGee. I cannot remember his name. <laughs> so what made you decide, you already said that you're a big fan, but what made you decide to jump into the cookbook realm and, and do an unofficial cookbook for Hocus Pocus? Yeah, so I was talking uh, with my editor and also co-worker at Ulysses, um, and she's a huge fan as well. Her name's Casey Vogel. She's a big fan of Hocus Pocus. And we had kind of been like tossing around some ideas. And then last year when we found out Hocus Pocus 2 was a definite go, we were like, okay, we have to do something. And we just kind of immediately knew that a cookbook made sense. Um, and we thought because, you know, Winifred has the spell book mm -hmm. and it has the recipes for all of her you know, devilish potions and her, you know, brews and, and all of that. Um, and so we thought, you know, she kind of has her recipe book. We think it makes a lot of sense to do a cookbook. And, you know, the movie itself isn't about food. There are some food references in it. Um, well, I guess it's not really about food, but there are a lot of jokes, you know, about, you know, tasty little children. <laughs> yeah. But it's not really about food. Um, but we thought, you know, kind of having her spell book and, you know, mirroring a cookbook. And then, you know, it's a Halloween movie. There's so, you can have so much fun with food in the fall around Halloween. Um, and so we decided to do this kind of fall Halloween cookbook um, with this Hocus Pocus twist. So it's fall favorites, the flavors of fall, you know, cinnamon, pumpkin, squash, mm -hmm. you know, all of those seasonal, um, seasonal flavors. Um, and then, you know, Halloween treats. So there's a couple kind of like grim ghoulish recipes mm -hmm. in there, like dead man's toes, um, you know, which is a reference from the movie, um, which get a little bit more, you know, macabre. Um, but so it's kind of a, 
a mix of the Halloween fall vibe and then um, and then the magic, you know, the magic of cooking. <laughs> I love that. The magic of cooking. Well, I want to dive into how you created your recipes, how you came up with the name of the recipes and everything. But right <laughs> now we need to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. Do you feel betrayed by life, your body, or by someone that you love? You are not alone and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it, I know. After 23 years of marriage, my world was shattered when I found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years. I lost everything that day, my identity, my worth, and the future I had worked so hard to create. While it was a long and arduous journey back to myself, today I know who I am what I want, and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see, know, and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplish or for who you are in relation to others. No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything, life choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to nakedselfworth.com and download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past, reclaim your sexy, and start re-choreographing life on your own terms so you can love and be loved for exactly who you most authentically are. And we are back chatting with Bridget, the author of the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook. Now, I know you said you're a big fan of the movie, but how <laughs> did you come up with the recipes? Because you have quite a bit of recipes in the book. I mean, this, this book is pretty thick. I mean, you have quite a bit of recipes. So did you have kind of like a taste testing team or something like that? Or was that something that you kind of just came up on your own? So the ideas for the recipes I came up with on my own. Um, there are, like I was saying, a lot of fall favorites that I kind of put um, like connected to parts of the story. And then there are other recipes that 
come directly from inspiration from the movie. So like the black flame candle is a big, it's a huge plot point in the film. Um, and so I made a black flame cocktail. Um, so there's some that are more direct. Uh, so I came up with all of the ideas for the recipes on my own. Um, when we decided to do the cookbook, some of them just like I knew immediately that they would be in there, you know, dead man's toes, it has to be in there, you know. Um, and then others, you know, I I got through rewatching the movie many, many times, which was very fun. Uh, you know, I always watch it multiple times each season, but it was fun to do it, you know, with this kind of mission. Uh, so once I had the recipes, I didn't have a taste testing team, but I had a very close partner, uh, my husband. Mm -hmm. He really helped me a lot with refining the recipes um, and, you know, making sure all the flavors went together and everything like that. So he was my um, sort of my primo taste tester um, and partner with kind of, you know, coming up with exactly what, you know, how the pumpkin pie should be and, you know, like what version of, uh, you know, baked witch casserole we want to do and things like that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was him the whole time. So from start to finish, how long did it take you to, like you, you had the idea for the recipe to finally put the recipe and you say, okay, it's good enough to go in the book. Oh, that varied uh, by recipe. <laughs> so <laughs> there are a lot of things in the book that I've been making for years. You know, like I was saying, kind of classic fall recipes, like um, salted caramel corn is the, you know, what I used to make with my mom when I was a kid. So um, I knew pretty much right away like that, how that was going to go. And I didn't really need to do a lot of tinkering with that. So that was quick. Um, other things took more time, like the life potion soup, uh, which is a zucchini bisque, which gives it a very nice green flavor, like the life potion in the movie. Um, that was a little harder and took, you know, maybe like three or four different iterations um, to get right. So it, yeah, like I said, it varied wildly. Um, the entire writing process was pretty quick. You know, we wanted to get the book out for fall. So it was, you know, ready for Halloween. So I had about um, three or four months to do the writing from start to finish. So it, it came together pretty quickly. Um, but for some of the recipes, we, we squeezed a lot of uh, testing it. <laughs> Was there one recipe where you originally wanted to include in the book, but then decided to scrap it because it was just way too much and it wasn't turning out correctly? Um, not exactly, but the Mischief Night pasta recipe, I had originally conceived a little differently uh, than how it ended up in the book. So Mischief Night is um, kind of a traditionally the night before Halloween in some places. And it's when teenagers go out and do pranks. Um, in the Hocus Pocus film, they kind of show that sort of thing on Halloween night. So uh, Jay and Ernie do a lot of TPing of houses and getting into trouble and things like that um, on Halloween. But that's sort of like a traditionally a mischief night uh, group of activities. So uh, for the mischief night pasta, I wanted to do it you know, kind of one long 
noodle that would kind of um, be mm -hmm. rolled up like like a roll of toilet paper that they would use to TP. <laughs> um, and then when I did that, it did not look well at all <laughs> um, <laughs> with the the sausage and the broccoli um, in there. Like it just it didn't come out how I wanted to, um, you know, and I wanted to have a photo for it. So, um, and then we decided, you know, a big part of this book is that it's, um, you know, it's warm comfort food. It's not, you know, I wasn't trying to make anything that would be, you know, the first time you've heard of such a thing or such a technique. Um, and you would have to go to a special store to buy the ingredients or anything like that. You know, I wanted it to be, um, you know, kind of soul warming food um, that, you know, you could make with your family, with your kids if you have them, um, and you wouldn't have to stress about the recipes. So when I was also doing the, you know, kind of rolling out the pasta, because it's a handmade pasta, it was difficult, you know, to get one long noodle. And I just thought, no one's going to want to do this. You know, making hand-rolled pasta is, you know, a thing in and of itself. Why make it harder than it has to be? <laughs> so yeah. I reconceived that one a little bit. Um, so the recipe remained in, but the presentation changed. Was there one recipe that was your absolutely favorite to make and that you like, were like, this one has to go in regardless? Um, I mean, the dead man's toes, um, they look a little gruesome, but like it had to be, it had to be in there, you know, um, but they were a little bit more realistic than I thought they were even going to be. I'm trying <laughs> so. to see if I can find it to pull up the picture. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's in the section, um, from the witch's right spell here. book. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, I gave them like a little manicure of ketchup and mustard, um, <laughs> And it just turned out more realistic than I really hoped for. So I thought that was pretty funny, but I was like, you know what, we got to do it. And we got to take this photo, you know, this kind of creepy photo um, with like the cobwebs and it's, you know, dim lighting and everything. So. I also think this one, this particular recipe that you're talking about, this would be something that the kids can make with parents as well. You have a lot of, you have some difficult for some more experienced chef did you have some easy hands-on for parents and kids to make together mm -hmm. yeah that was really a big goal was to make it um you know even though the the original fans of hocus pocus you know are you know probably like millennials or a little bit older um because they were you know the kids who saw the movie when it first came out but even though that's a big part of the fan base uh you know, new kids and adults are coming to the film all the time. Um, so there are younger fans who are kids of parents who are fans or who are, you know, young teens who are just starting to get into cooking maybe. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, anyone who is a fan of this movie would be able to do the recipes uh, with ease. So um, I'm glad you feel that that came through. Yeah, because honestly, like, in particular, this one is crescent rolls, hot dogs, ketchup, and mustard. I mean, come on. That's yeah. something that's a little quick and easy that parents can do with their kids. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, super complicated. And this is about, you know, it's about the movie. You know, it started from a place of the fandom, not, and then the food came second. It wasn't like I'm this chef who has 
these amazing ideas, you know, um, I'm a fan of this movie and that's where all of these ideas came from. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a big priority. Now, was this, this cookbook easier than your cocktail one that you wrote for gossip around the gossip girl one, or was this one easier? Um, I think for different reasons, both. So first of all, it was a lot easier to test the recipes for the cookbook than testing the recipes for the cocktail book. Cause you could only do like one recipe a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm just, my passion for Hocus Pocus is so much. It's just been, um, a part of my, it, it was a part of my childhood, whereas Gossip mm -hmm. Girl was not. So, you know, that really propelled me forward. Um, Gossip, the Gossip Girl cocktail book was a little bit easier in the sense that, um, you know, writing the, the head notes, the little introductions to the recipes and everything. Um, I wanted them all to speak to the show and the movie and, you know, have funny little references to the events and things like that. Gossip Girl ran for seven seasons. Hocus Pocus is an hour and a half movie. There's a lot more to work with, <laughs> a lot more material and inside jokes and things to pull um, pull inspiration from for the Gossip Girl book. Um, but I would say probably just my, my passion and my knowledge of the film going into the project really probably put Hocus Pocus a little bit ahead. Do you think that you'll do another cookbook for any other shows? I would love to. Um, I have a couple of ideas actually already percolating. Um, but of course I, I can't wait for Hocus Pocus 2 to come out next year and to see what that story is. I'm sure that I will love it. Um, I'm very excited to see where they go with it and what they do. Um, and if, you know, inspiration strikes, I, you know, I might just have another project in me, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking on some things. It's so much fun. And I mean, when you're, when you're a fan of these things, like mm -hmm. it's, it's just such a fun, it's a fun job, you know, it's a pleasure to, to put together something like this and hope that other fans will enjoy it as well. And let's talk about going from, cause you're different than most of the writers that I've talked to because you're, is a, you're the cookbook, but you're also in the right place at the right time. You know, you actually work for a publishing company. So let's talk about how you go through getting the cookbook, how you format it, how you edit it, how you get it all through and go through that process. Sure. Yeah. So I have worked with Ulysses Press for about six years now. Um, and I started in the editorial department and now I'm the head of marketing and operations. So yes, that was a, a good thing for me in terms of my writing career. Um, you know, because when these opportunities came up, um, when we decided we wanted to do something about Hocus Pocus, you know, I was the first person to raise my hand and say, please, 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 I want to write this so bad. Um, so, you know, that was definitely a, a great opportunity. Um, so I worked with, like I said, Casey Vogel and another editor that we have, Ashton Evans. Um, they were my acquisitions editors. And so they helped me um, just refine the idea, make sure, um, you know, we had enough recipes, not too many recipes, um, and, you know, kind of define the, the look that we wanted. So the design and, and things like that. And then, 
Um, then I spent my, my few months writing. And once the manuscript was submitted, um, we had, you know, a few rounds of, of copy editing um, with a cookbook. It's, um, it's an interesting project to edit because, you know, there often isn't a lot of text mm -hmm. or, you know, um, narration, you know, story or anything like that, where you have to have character development or, you know, even like your timelines need to match up or anything like that. So um, it's a bit of a different type of editing process than for a novel or, you know, another type of nonfiction book. Um, but on the other hand, you know, you got to make sure your measurements are correct. You got to make sure your ingredients are complete. You know, there's a lot of detail. Yeah. So we had one of our copy editors who's fantastic. Her name is Renee. Um, and she just has like a great eye for cookbooks and making sure that the recipe, uh, the recipe instructions are very clear. Um, so we had a few rounds back and forth where she prompted me to, hey, this is a little confusing, this description of how you roll out the pasta. Can you please rewrite it to make sure like someone can understand it immediately? So we had a bit of back and forth there, and then it went into the, the layout. And I got to see it, all the recipes laid out as you see them now on the page, um, repositioning things, sizing photos, stuff like that. Um, and then there was a proofread, and then off it went to the printer. So let's talk about the photos. Um, who took the photos for the, um, the cookbook? Most of them are my photos okay. uh, that I took myself, yeah. So, and that was a whole other, that was probably the most difficult and time consuming part of the whole process. Um, you know, like I said, I had a lot of the recipe ideas right away. I had a great taste tester in my family to help me, you know, mm -hmm. get them exactly correct. I had knowledge of the movie to help me write the intros. The photos were tough. <laughs> I don't know if you have any photographers out there, but I so appreciate what you do, especially food photography. It's not easy. Because you have to make sure the lighting's right. You have to make sure everything's just plated just right. Yeah, I had to go buy um, a bunch of like plain white serving platters and things because I have like stoneware. So it's a little bit like off-white and the food just wasn't popping. So, you know, you have to have the right dishes and the right amount of, you know, extra little things like the folded napkin. But if you have a folded napkin and a fork, sometimes it can look too cluttered and the sauce has to be drizzled so precisely. Yeah, food styling is difficult. And I have so much respect for the food stylists and photographers out there who make, you know, who make our food look so great. Would do you think you will ever when you ever do an if you ever do another recipe book will you say uh, -uh I've got I'm gonna like, <laughs> ship that one out and let somebody farm that one out and let somebody else take the picture? <laughs> I mean, I would love to. I don't know if I would have the clout for that, but <laughs> <laughs> I do know there are many many people out there who could who could do it much more quickly than I could. So, what was your favorite recipe in this book? Well, my favorite recipe to eat, I think, would be the dead man's chunks, which are uh, crab cakes with remoulade sauce. Um, I'm from Maryland, so crab mm. is a thing for me. Uh, so I love, um, I love to eat those. <laughs> I um, thought you were just saying you love to eat. <laughs> 
I, I love to eat. I do. I do. Um, but especially seafood of most kinds, um, crab cakes especially are, are very special to me. So um, that's probably one of my favorite recipes to eat. Um, my favorite recipe to make, um, that's a tough one. I mean, the caramel corn is a little bit time consuming, but super fun. Um, you know, probably honestly, like I love to bake even more than cook. Mm -hmm. So I, I was just thinking all the recipes I'd probably say are, are baked goods. Um, the clever little white witch chocolate chunk cookies Those are um, a really good one. Yeah. And they are, they're easy, but they're so good. Um, yeah, I think the baked goods, the spider cupcakes too are really fun, you know, to decorate. They're kind of a throwback to a couple of the recipes are sort of throwbacks to like you know, like the food that we ate in the 90s. So, um, you know, when I was in elementary school, all of our Halloween parties had the spider cupcakes with like the black licorice legs. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of a fun, nostalgic thing. Um, and, you know, dirt cake, you know, there's a recipe for William's Wormy Grave. Um, and that's a dirt cake, which, you know, as a 90s kid, I had a lot of, um, a lot of dirt cakes mm -hmm. <laughs> growing up. So, um, yeah, so those are fun too, those kind of like nostalgic ones. Yeah, I also like it's very front in the very front of the book. I like it where it says tools for your torture tank. <laughs> I really like that because you go ahead and you list out what you might need. And a lot of cookbooks don't do that. A lot of cookbooks wait until you get almost into the recipe and you're like, oh, wait a second. I need this, this and this. But I like mm -hmm. that, that you already put your essential tools right there. Thank you. Yeah, that again, you know, I was just trying to make this easy for people, you know, it's a fan cookbook. I don't, I didn't want people to have to be frustrated by it, you know, um, just to know upfront exactly what you need. And then, yeah, so the torture chamber references um, is not about me, like hating to cook or anything, but um, in the film, uh, you know, it's three witches who suddenly find themselves in the modern world mm -hmm. and they walk into a kitchen and, you know, obviously kitchens look very different than they did, you know, in the 1600s. And uh, I think it's Winifred picks up um, a meat tenderizer and goes, oh, it's a torture chamber. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was really funny when you're talking about kitchen tools. It was like, yeah, actually, some of these do kind of seem like they could be torture devices. So that's where that comes from. So I've got to ask you, who is your favorite character in Hocus Pocus? Oh, I mean, Winifred is like, I think she's everybody's favorite. You know, she's this kind of dramatic diva-esque um, witch. She's over the top. She has all of these little quips um, that are hilarious. Um, so, I mean, I think she's the obvious answer. But um, Mary is kind of like a dark horse for me as an adult. Like when you're young watching it, like I think she, you kind of like almost forget about Mary and like Winifred sort of does too. I think it's like, oh, Mary, like you're, you're being such a Mary right now. Um, mm -hmm. But she kind of has a lot more of these like kind of under the breath jokes Um and I think, yeah, so as an adult, she really um, kind of stuck out for me. Um, but I mean, so many great, so many great characters. Everyone is so well-developed and they have such great dialogue. It's, it's tough to choose. It's tough to choose. 
Now, if there was one character that you would like to meet in real life, which one would it be? Um, well, let's see. Any of the Sanderson sisters meeting in real life, that would be a little scary. So <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd know what to do. I don't think I'd be able to, to outsmart them the way Max did. Um, so I'm going to go with Thackeray Binks. The... Yeah, I mean, he saw a lot. He lived 300 years saw a lot of changes. I'm sure he has some stories to tell. Okay. The person one or the, uh, I, let's go with the cat. I mean, if okay. I, if I met a talking black cat boy, then I would have some stories to tell. So we'll go with the, with the cat version of Thackeray. All right. That's, and every <laughs> time I think of the talking black cat, I also think about Sabrina, the teenage witch with, mm -hmm. um, what was the name of her cat? Salem. Salem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you said you had a few other things that you're thinking about anything based on besides any other popular shows that were out. Um, well, I have a few, uh, favorite shows of myself personally. Um, I'm a big fan of the show psych, which is no longer on, yes. um, but it was on USA I believe for seven or eight years. Um, and that is kind of my go-to feel good show. Mm -hmm. Um, the show that I just, you know, as soon as I finish watching it, I start it again and it's great for having on in the background. And, you know, it's another one of those kind of dialogue driven shows where like you can watch it a number of times and still like kind of pick up on little asides and references and things. Um, so, you know, if I had my druthers, I think I, doing something with that would be just personally wonderful for me. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. You never know what opportunity might come up. That sounds interesting. Too. Do you have any ideas for me? Anything that you personally are huge? I was, thinking, I was thinking because a lot of people are such a huge fan of Gilmore Girls because a lot of people are huge fans of Gilmore's and Heart of Dixie. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are huge fans of Heart of Dixie. I mean, they mm. people want that to come back on a lot. Yeah, I never watched Heart of Dixie, but um, my good friend watched. I don't even remember how many um, how many seasons there are. Uh, but four she seasons. four yeah okay she watched them so fast and she's like Bridget it's such a you know it just feels good you know to watch mm -hmm. it um so oh that would be interesting I'll have to check that one out you have to check that one out because there would be a lot of recipes that you could do in that one is there a lot of like food references yes. and things like that a lot, that? Of, lot of food references in that one mm -hmm. okay all right I'll put that on my list <laughs> yep a lot of food references so, um, Bridget, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And actually, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask if you will come back on and do maybe a cooking segment with your other book. Because I would love for you to do a cocktail cooking segment around the New Year's. Would you be willing to come back on? I would that? love to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, any excuse to whip up a cocktail. But yeah, no, that would be great. I'd love to come back, have another chat with you. This has been lovely. Yeah, um, I would yeah. love for you to come back on because I think that, you know, cocktails going into the new year, people like want a chance to kick back and relax and have a cocktail or two. So maybe we yeah. can have more cocktails. And, and I have had a couple of people come on and do cooking too. So if you want to come back and do a hocus pocus recipe with a cocktail, we can do that too. 
That sounds great. I would love to. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so flattered. Thank you. Yeah. And guys, again, the book is the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook. I love it. It's so cute. And I cannot wait to dive in. I just actually got the book this week. So I haven't tried out any recipes, but I cannot wait. My daughter is the is the chef, the cook, the baker in the family. So I know she's <laughs> going to be baking this up a storm because she loves to movie <laughs> as much as we do. So Bridget, I want to thank you again for coming on. Um, tell people where they can find you at. Yeah, so uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Bthorson11 is my personal and most active page, but it is private because I do have a newborn. Um, so I've started a more professional Instagram, and that's Bridget.Thorson. Um, any other information about the book, um, people can go to UlyssesPress.com. That's the publisher. And you can find there all the retail links, information about it, sneak peek. There's um, some free recipe downloads. So you should definitely check those out too. Um, and again, that's Ulysses. Uh, that's U-L-Y-S-S-E-S press.com. All right. Thank you so much, Bridget, for coming on. And guys, I will put all the links that she just talked about in the show notes where you can find her and everything. And as always, be blessed and most importantly keep chatting and go watch hocus pocus and have a hocus pocus watch party and cook you up some hocus pocus goodies so guys have a great rest of your day bye chats from the blog cabin we not only have voices for a podcast but also faces for youtube don't miss your next episode